Welcome to the I Might Be Wrong podcast with Justin Foster and myself, Juan Kingsbury. Justin and I are really good friends who are always talking about everything under the sun, and we trust each other. We can say things that, frankly, would be embarrassing or misunderstood uh, in the public eye, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to say it and record it and let you decide if we're wrong. But we do ask that you consider it for yourself. The things that you believe in, the things that you uh, say you have conviction about, is there a chance that you might be wrong? We hope you enjoy our show. Okay, here we go with... uh, New focus will revolve around symbolism, and so I, I think I know what you mean by that. But like immediately, my brain goes to um, the Da Vinci Code or all those books of like they don't mean what the, you know the the swastika actually was the sign of peace in Japan or, or something like. But I'm thinking you're you're meaning something more relative, like to the statues that are being torn down or wanted to. Yeah. Um, well, I think there's multiple sim- symbolism is part of human nature. Um, we, we create, we, we, we create icons to represent things that are important to us. It's been that type of creation of symbols has goes back to, you know, be, before we were homo sapiens even. Um, so it's not a, again, like a lot of things that I, I like to talk about, it's not a judgment of symbols. It's a judgment of symbolism. And symbolism is the adherence to symbols because of what they mean. Gotcha. And so there's a couple of them. One are the Confederate, you know, symbols, the the the, the battle flag and the statues. Um, that that there's some symbolism there that I think would be fun for us to unpack. The second is the symbolism of of not generally speaking not wearing a mask. So the oh yeah, where the, it's not a tangible symbol; it's like a statement. Yeah. It's, like a virtue signaling type thing almost. Yeah. And then um, things that are um, th- the symbol symbolism of that comes into play related to um, like religious beliefs. Like for example, one of the little like tr- uh, tropes that the Trumpians have been proclaiming since, you know, in the last few weeks is, now they're coming for your Jesus, our Jesus statues, and they're and, I, and people are like, I'm going to defend those with my guns. I'm going to defend. I did some research. You know how many Jesus statues of Jesus there are in public spaces in the in the United States? I, that's a stumper, but my my default, is, I would think none. Two, two, yeah, so okay. you're close, yeah, two, yeah. and they're both art installations, um, not religious statements but uh, in this particular case yeah now there's a few crosses like there's a cross yeah. on the hill in boise and a few other places that but as far as statues of jesus so it goes though to this idea of how powerful symbolism is to people like how much it influences how they identify with themselves yeah well it, yeah i'm uh, immediately the way you're describing it you know we're really lean, leaning heavy on the conservative christian side but it's like i think of 
blankies or pacifiers you take it away and it's crying and it's like you're, you're not you're not hurting them and i mean i don't know how i would feel like i was like is there anything that i would care that much about that that was a statue um and and i'm like i, I don't know so maybe i'm not relating properly but you so you're you're saying that this attachment to the thing is is more yeah. of a problem than we're even acknowledging yeah, you say, so you take something like the Confederate symbols, a uh, con- Confederate statue. The first thing you have to understand is that uh, people have to understand is most of those statues were built in the 1920s as a basically a fuck you to um, desegregation. So they were built by daughters of the Confederacy and other um, civic groups that were around sort of, um, you know, white supremacy. Um, they weren't really built like after the war to honor the people they're statues of people that betrayed their country yeah <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a that I mean that's this history and this detachment symbolism almost always contains a detachment from history you know understand where it comes from you know like the king james version uh of the bible uh somebody it was a funny quote where they was like you know if the king james version was good enough for paul it's good enough for me mm-hmm well, Paul didn't have the King, the King James version came along in like the 1600s. You know? <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so that type of stuff, like that detachment from history, the, um, but the, the thing that gets me is the human tendency to say, well, that's important to me. And so therefore you must live with it. You must live with it. And I had this discussion online, you know, on Facebook back and forth on, on the statues and, my final statement to that I made to this particular person was because because he was saying, well, what? how do we know that people feel this way? How do we know that? You, why are you lumping in yeah. all, all African-Americans into assuming I know some that don't care? And I'm like, all right, that's not first of all, that's not how logic works. <laughs> uh, and so I, I said, I said to him, I said, you if you, let's imagine that it's a small town, it's a town and there's going to be a referendum should we get rid of the confederate statue in the town square yes or no what percentage of black people in that town are going to vote to keep it it's going to be minuscule Mm -hmm. and so and and it is i don't like the word offensive but it it, it, if if something is a symbol of heritage and to someone else it's a symbol of hate and suppression I think we should probably listen to the people that it's a symbol of hate and suppression first. Yeah. Um, in that process. And, but the lack of the, the lack of empathy that, Oh, wait a minute, this Dixie flag that I got on the back of my truck. I think it's a symbol that I'm an outlaw and I'm a rebel and I do my, do things my own way. Even if I am on government assistance <laughs> um, and, 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 and other people, People of color, especially black people, look at that and go, no, that is a symbol of hatred. No different than the swastika to Jewish people or uh, other people that, you know, that were oppressed and murdered by the Nazis. Um, it's no different. Like the Nazi flag and all Nazi symbols are banned in Germany for that very reason. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you know, I'm, I'll have to think about this afterwards. I'm like, is there anything that I'm like that does bother me? And, uh, uh, or I should say that would bother me if they tried to take it down. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And then I'm like, well, maybe I'm not as loyal or yeah. patriotic to any damn thing as I care about. Um, but the, uh, 
like what what is it yeah that's the swastika i always I remember da vinci code or whatever it was like well actually it meant blah 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 i'm like okay it opens also a can't i also understand the don't take it away because what else they're gonna you know they kind of come for your guns and they come for your bible they come for your white jesus they come like i i get the <laughs> the lack of logic there um and so like I don't want to just poke at them, but like, what what are they what are they supposed to do if they if they do believe they're rebels with, with you know even if they're on government assistance? Okay, that's like, does it even matter that they're uncomfortable? Do we like just like we have empathy for the people who feel it is a sign of hate? Should we have any type of conscience about hey we're we're disrupting their NASCAR experience because they don't have their flag anymore? Yeah. Yeah, that goes to like then, you know, public good. Um, and so public squares, I like, for example, I don't think town should have like Christmas displays that are on public property. Yeah. It's choose one religion over another. Um, I don't think, I think that certainly should allow people, of course, to have Christmas displays. And the same thing then applies to stuff like, you know, that I'm, I'm not ad, at all, especially as a libertarian advocating for the banning of all Confederate symbology, just understanding why it's in a why it's not it is insensitive to the point to nth degree to have it in public spaces have, have it in public spaces as a statement like on the you know the that's why mississippi voted um fairly overwhelmingly in the state legislature to get take the confederate flag out of their state flag just just like yeah, last week that's nuts yeah now, I want to I want to though say again because there's nuance here as there is with everything or a spectrum. What I can't stand is the lack of nuance on the what I what I call the the church of wokeism, um, and then the church of wokeism, which is its own kind of fundamentalism, um, where that we should take down everything that was potentially offensive to anyone. Or the lack of context where somebody um, they tore down they tore down a, a Ulysses S. Grant statue. Yeah, who was the the general that uh, won the you know basically won the Civil War um, for for America for the North for you know for the for the for the government um, and was a lifelong advocate of freedom and justice and things like that. And that kind of goes into the church of wokeisms. Like if I disagree with you, it's bad and must be removed. And then what happens is, and this is why the church of the wokeism played against the church of whatever, you know, like you pick your right wing yeah. version of that, which yeah. is mostly church um, <laughs> is that, okay. They're that now they're coming. See, they did that. They, 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 they took down the grant statue and now they're coming. They're going to come for our guns and our Bibles and everything. And, and, the rest of us sitting in the middle going, none, where's the common sense? Yeah. Where's the, where's the common good? Find the common good. This is, this is the power of the Supreme court, by the way. Yeah. You know, the Supreme court doesn't just look at things through the lens of the constitution. The Supreme court looks at things through the lens of the common good and common good is a real thing in society because we are a society. We are citizens. Um, anyway. No, no, that, but that's, and I, I hate, or I should say, I get really uncomfortable when I start to empathize with people I don't like. <laughs> but I'm like, well, I kind of get where they're coming from. If I agreed with, if I felt the way they felt, which I don't, but if I did, then there is this, we say Church of the Woke, which sounds like Kanye West's new shitty album I'm not going to get. Um, 
that that they have good reason that these extremists are going to come. But then it's like, well, you're just like them. These these, you know, we we both. What was the book I read? I was so disappointed. My my wife loved it. What uh, oh, dang it, a window in time, a tear, a wrinkle in time. I don't know if you read. Time. Oh yeah, yeah. Where yeah, yeah. I love a Madeline Langle, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So growing up on comic books and, and big movies, I it, my imagination was just wasn't there. But it, the point that they get to that planet or something, and everything's very yeah. robotic. Both yeah. sides are leading there if they have their way. It's just they have a little bit different decor. Yes, but it's like. Yeah, and- Go ahead. Your, your your authoritarians are more or or like Orwell. Um, that's the you know nineteen eighty four. That's your authoritarians. Yeah. Your fascists. Your fascists mostly on the far right. The far left version of it, which is its own kind of fascism in a way, is the more like Aldous Huxley's A Whole New World, or a real life example, um, what Mao Zedong did in China. And where where infusing and and requiring sameness as a society to make everyone feel or appear to be equal. Yeah. That that to me is both of those things are the uh, an, an 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 enemy of liberty. And this is why I've said recently that justice without liberty pretty quickly becomes injustice. Yeah, I like that. I you saw have that. To keep these in balance. You have to keep justice and liberty in balance where people are free. You know, justice is about the common good and freedom is about the individual. And so those have to be, um, those have to be balanced out. Yeah. Well, and it's I, I almost think it's a good thing that all this stuff is going on. It's a sign that stuff is working because it doesn't work, and we're doing yeah. something about it. When everyone yeah. is just in their place proper, it's kind of like you, you wouldn't as much as a teacher or parents want little boys and girls to be in a classroom sitting quietly and behave. We don't want that because. You know they're they're pod people, um, mm-hmm. but what comes with that is loud and, and uh, they're loud. They scrape. They you know, hurt each other. They say mean things. Well, that's being you know kids being kids. The we're supposed to be arguing and, and fighting and and disagreeing like this. This I, I think that's where I'm. You know my team, team liberal progressive, or at least what I I tend to side with. I'm like, look guys, don't don't expect them to agree with you that, that that like stop getting mad that this person doesn't see the way you see it you can fight for what you want but also don't expect to flip them i think you said it previously of like you you're not trying to change anyone's mind you're trying to enlighten them um but i also like i mean pre all this stuff this year and i don't know very much about it but you know the the, the limited that i did do know about the civil rights movement as it wasn't pretty they didn't do it because, hey, we're right and everyone's just going to flip. Like, no. In fact, it was a struggle. It was painful. Deadly. It was scary. Deadly. Literally, you know, blood was shed. And so I think anytime you push this new thinking, you're going to be met with resistance. But the fact that you can push this new thinking, and this is what or my team said, I'm like, look, we never give credit to America and the fact that we have this platform and even though right. policing and leadership and all this stuff is yeah. far from perfect, we're still able to go out on the street with the megaphone and not catch a bullet in the head within the first minute. You know, like it, it yeah. might, still might come, but we have a lot longer of a, a, of a runway than we would in other countries. Well, and, and to that point, again, this goes into the nuance of it is like you take uh, Congress uh, person um, Omar from Michigan. Um, Muslim, um, very, very left wing, very progressive. 
And she then comes out and says, we need to have the systematic dismantling of American systems and structures. The reason she's here is because there are systems and structures in the United States that allow and encourage a woman of color from a from another country that can come and eventually end up in the Congress. And the lack of acknowledgement of that, because I looked, I was like, maybe it's just a soundbite. I looked at the lack of acknowledgement of that is the height of arrogance to me. And it goes to this middle. Yes, there are problems. But the, but the, the system underneath all of the systems is the thing that creates progress. And so then progress is always at war with stability, just like in nature and evolution. Evolution is always at war against stasis. And it's always painful. It's always a struggle to evolve. And so the, the, the Constitution and whatnot have this leeway that allow us to evolve um, things based off of the common good. Um, and if you, But if you don't acknowledge that our system is designed to have some flex in it, some flexibility in it, either if you're a leftist or a right winger, again, it's arrogance to me. It's, it's yeah. not just ignorance. It's a type of arrogance that you're so damn special with your opinion about what you think is right or wrong with America that you can't stop and acknowledge what it means. Yeah. Like the, the, the things that do work in order to fix the things that don't work. Yeah. And I, I, I well, let's say two things. and I'll, The second one will bring us back to the topic of, of symbolism. The first thing is I kind of get why they don't, because if you admit any type of flaw mistake, your your side starts to see weakness in you. And and I get that that's from a political leadership. It, if you're not binary, people start to be like, well, you're, you're weak. You're this. You're too flexible. You're a rhino or you're a whatever it is. You know, they're, they're, they're yeah, the name call. Yeah. Right. But then on the other side, going back to where we start symbolism, just the two simple words uh you know, liberal and conservative, you know, they're not literally symbols, but you hear that and we grab onto those things. I, I even use them. And I think that does us a lot more harm than it does good in terms of trying to be the good human, the good citizen, the good, whatever. Um, and those are like, I mean, I was like, well, liberal just means like you're, you're, you're being, you're taking liberties with things like who doesn't want to do that? You know, conservative means you're protecting things that you think are important. Who, doesn't want to do that and you know we have we're i think the nature of it like i remember being a little kid and my parents didn't have the best marriage but they had a really good one compared to most um and they were fighting and like i was a little kid i don't know i was like seven or eight and i remember my dad i thought it would be my mom who would say this he's like no like we're it's it's okay we're we're supposed to fight you know, like, and we don't want to scare you, but like, I think that's the thing when it, when it comes to symbolism and things are changing, it's actually, at least here in the United States, it is a good thing when we're questioning them and challenging them, even though it feels uncomfortable when right. one side is silent, which going yeah. to, you know, minorities or whatever, that's a big problem. And I think that's why everyone feels uncomfortable today, but then yes. to expect white people to be silent while they're you know, you're telling them about their white privilege, <laughs> like, you know, that, that's wishful thinking, but yeah. that's, that's a sign when you're actually both talking, it's a good thing, maybe not might be the most productive, but those symbolisms are, are, they're almost like ledges. They allow us to advance, but also they hold us back from, from grabbing the next one. Yeah. And what, what symbolism does is it creates a, 
like it, like like an attachment to or an identity. It's like an it's an identity projection, and um, so when someone is overly attached to a particular symbol, anything that is in that 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 is a threat to the idea behind the symbol is the threat then to them and their identity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this is, this is why I think it's important to have, um, to get out of bubbles and vacuums and out of rage farts, as I call them, like where everyone's just smelling the same fumes and getting angry about, (laughs) you know, whatever. Yeah. And go out and actually talk to people about what their experience is and what their life is about. Um, and, uh, and, and so when you think about, like you could take a, you could take symbolism, like sometimes the absence of a, of a thing is a symbol. So like the people that are anti-maskers and the, there's a, there's a dogma, dogmatic, and in my view, my opinion, rather nutty, um, element to these anti-maskers where it's coming across to me as irrational, is irrational behavior. And what I'm realizing, though, is that it's a symbol to them. They've they've attached their identity to this thing. And when that happens, that Velcro between the symbol and your identity is very, very strong. And no part of us really wants to be confronted by it. It's, you know, like somebody said that truth sets you free, but first it pisses you off. You know, that's (laughs) Yeah. So here's what I think, too, Juan. I think that symbolism produces fragility i think it produces mental fragility um where where on on, if so symbolism is 10 typically for religious and ideological symbols those are your big ones you could throw in sports teams as a type of it i guess but mostly religion and ideology if you if you're into if you're super over attached to symbolism you are super fragile and when you're super fragile, everything's defensive. That's where he gets into the name calling. That's where you get into extremism. That's what it, it you know, where it can be, um, it can be, uh, you, you know, someone can get offended and then that, them being offended means that there needs to be a law that keeps them from ever getting offended, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I get it. When I, I was, you know, you, you mentioned the, the anti-mask. Like I also think a lot of people, um, I'm at wear the mask. My wife and I had some arguments about it and I'm like, well, worst case I'm wearing a mask. You know, I don't give a care if, if, if it doesn't actually work, but I'm like, this is inconvenient. I feel like I'm scaring people. And this is, this is months ago before, you know, it was the, the push, but I think some people are just wearing masks to, to what do you call it? What do they, what do they say? There's a word for virtue it. Signaling? Yeah. Virtue. virtue for, yeah. yeah. And you know, it works either way. Like we, we want to simplify things so we can feel better about ourselves. And you know, when you can say black, bad, white, good, or whatever it is, but, um, I symbolism, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I feel like I, I, I'm going to really think about because I, I wonder if there are things that are, that do bother me. I'm just not realizing it. Like I, I something as simple as putting a, I can looking out my window right now. I can see someone with an American flag, and uh, by default, maybe not now, but especially during the George Bush era, 9/11, it was like I know what that person thinks, and and I'm like, wow, like why why would I think that? Well, because you know Fox News and all this stuff came out, and I'm like, 
well, that's not fair to them. It's also a flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag. I like, you know, flags, good looking flag. And, but it was, <laughs> shoot, the way people, it was more of a, hey, I'm putting this out here so you know if you're Mexican, you know, <laughs> like there's flag. It was, it was more of a, uh, um, like a puffing out of the chest versus like a, a hey, like uh, actually, like the, we'll take a Christmas tree. You know, most of us put up a Christmas tree, or I think, because we want to put presents under and have a nice day on December 25th or 24th or whatever it is. We don't necessarily put Christmas trees up to brag, like, look at our Christmas tree. I'm sure some people do. You get a bigger one. But I think that that's the difference is you, you're supposed yeah. to put a flag up to represent the, the things that you believe in, not to scare the immigrants <laughs> or to scare, you know, and I think we bled over into people... People like this this pride of patriotism kind of goes there's like these two categories and for a while it was if you say you're a patriot I by default think you're an asshole because mm-hmm. you're your what's nationalism or whatever you think you're better than everyone else as opposed to oh you really love this country and the way it's about good and bad all this stuff and especially and with the new POTUS I've seen more of that patriot I'm like that's a cool kind of patriot this person who is three-dimensional versus binary Mm -hmm. and you know something as simple as in the american flag which you know i hope it doesn't get destroyed but like what was it uh they're trying to make puerto rico or all those other um Mm -hmm. what another state yeah and i could see people like no it's only 50 states and i'm like you know arizona was 48 we 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 can add more but I, i could see people having issue with us changing a flag that's not that old simply yeah. because it had a nice round number of 50 stars yeah yeah, here's here's where it also gets tricky. And this is why I equate fragility to symbolism is when words become symbols. Um, and the language, you know, we have we have um, we have convinced a large swath of our population that um, hearing a word, hearing offensive words are uh, the same as trauma. Yeah. And it's just not it's just not true. Um and that certainly it's offensive and insensitive and all these things, but it's not the same as getting, it's not the same as actual like traumatic experience. And so we start to attach things to where it's around. Now we get into freedom of speech, which is, Oh, you can't, you can't say that or that's offensive or that's inappropriate. Um, when it comes to that's go, that when it comes to most words, um, anyone should be able to say whatever they want, but they also then have the consequences of that. Yep. So like, like Tucker Carlson's uh, main writer. And I think Tucker Carlson is Andy Bernard with no soul. That's what, <laughs> that's what I've never respected that guy. Yeah. Far, even back when I was more of a rock drib conservative, I always thought he was a poser, but this guy, his, his writer is, you know, found on his like gaming platform with a bunch of super racist, misogynistic phrasing. And I don't think, and this is why I can't ever be a liberal in the sense of like a progressive. I don't think though that should be regulated. I th- I think that society will regulate it, and he's pl- paying the ramifications for it. Similar to the guy that was at the Costco that started screaming at somebody when she said, "What? Well, please put on a mask," and he started screaming at her. Well, he lost his job, and people are like that's not fair. Um, well. You know, you, you, your, if your, be, your behavior has some sort of ramification to it, 
Um, my final little thought here related to both the, the, the foolishness of symbology is, and again, this is more aimed at people that are, um, you know, right wingers, but where they said uh, a, a company shouldn't have to make a uh, bake a cake for a gay couple if they don't want to. Now it's, you can't make me wear a mask, even though if you're a private business, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. Do you that's understand the circular logic, which is an oxymoron. The circular logic of that, that, <laughs> that is, that is the argument of a crazy person. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. The, the, my, my mask, my body is like, Oh, so the, uh, Yes. Whole abortion so thing. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so you are pro-choice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so much of that. Again, it's all, it's all symbolism. And um, anyway, those are some rantings I have about that. No. And, and that's, you know, it's, it's complicated. And I think the symbolism, if we can use it more as mile markers versus the finish line, I think we'd, mm -hmm. we'd, we'd have a better everything. But it's also it's uncomfortable when when someone's like, hey, you know that tat. Like I was always fascinated when when people were like skinhead Nazis and then decide not to be, you know, or or, or like a KKK. And I'm like, you know, they, I'm like, is this just a whole story just to sell some stuff? But I'm like, well, how do you how do you go thinking this thing is good or bad and then and then and then converting? And it's like there's there's so much brain decisions that have to change that that all convert to you know i i can only imagine what it's like to go from being a christian to to, to jewish or or islam or, or whatever you know to, to convert there's there's just them there's a lot of hurdles for people to cross over and we to me symbolism is well it is has an is, ism it's it's like a racism or a prejudice you know or, or a, a sexism or just prejudice it's you're we're simplifying things so we can feel better about the decisions and the life we've led. Um, but going back to, what did you say? Oh, no, you mentioned this, I think, offline. But like when, was it Dixie Chicks just dropped mm -hmm. their, so they're mm -hmm. just the chicks now? <laughs> like, yeah, Lady Annabellum is now Lady A. and Yeah, uh, and I never, I mean, maybe this is a different category, but growing up in the 90s and like I think Beastie Boys were one of the first groups to like change songs, you know, change like, hey, we don't, we don't, uh, um, support or we were ignorant we were young like i was i was always unsure i was like do you do that and then i was like well it's their music they do whatever they want but yeah. oh that's what it was the business side of things there's the government side of things and then there's you personally like these are three different arenas right. that um are never gonna be in alignment and this this was one of my big shaking the fist but i've learned a lot more it's like oh if you're a christian entrepreneur and light and all those things are always in alignment for you ah something's wrong <laughs> you know when you are it's like you're you're the rich pastor with lots of whatever like i'm not saying that that that's always wrong but i'm like that that's if, if things are too convenient um and i think that symbolism is 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 pulling out one of the the jenga pieces for people who have a a pretty i want to say cushy but they have a good solid foundation and I, I if i was on their side i'd be like yeah i wouldn't, I wouldn't want to take this away from myself you know i, I want my, my my jesus statues or at least the facade right. that they exist which yeah. is hilarious right. to me um but i think that we're you know should should uh should sixth graders be uh, um should should you be able to have i don't know a haircut that has the the mark of the beast in your class but rightly so are you should you be walking in with the crucifix you know or uh, the quran like but that's a classroom that's a different environment that has different rules it, it's 
it's kind of like, hey, if I like football, then everyone needs to adhere to football rules. Yeah. And it that sounds so silly, but I feel like that's what symbolism does. It's like no matter where I go, I should be able to have my my flag or my this or my tat or whatever. If it's on your body, yeah. But if it's out in a public or what is the if it's going to affect your neighbor, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it's up for grabs and I think that like people don't like you said consequences. That's the thing we we don't say like freedom of speech. Yeah, but now there's consequences and you call someone a word they're going to punch you. you And but but that goes to then like the, again, like I I always think about this, there's got to be a solution in the sense of sort of like functional solution to this. And to me, you go back to one of the most ancient principles is moderation. The moderation isn't finding the middle way. It's finding the third way. So what's the third way? Um, What's the third way on um, like certain issues and, because what happens is it goes to um, on one extreme is like you can say and do whatever you want, even if it's hurtful, painful, whatever, you know, and there's, the, you know, that's on one end of it. On the other end is this sort of authoritarianism, which is there's a certain way that these are the rules and you must ob- you must obey them. The more, you know, a whole new world or Aldous Huxley book um, is, is kind of like that round, that thing. And so. So where does nuance or moderation come from? And it comes from wisdom. But we don't encourage wisdom in, the, in our society these days. We don't encourage people to go inward. We don't encourage people to contemplate. Um, and so what happens when there's a lack of wisdom, it creates a void. And that void, is in America in particular, is almost always filled with ideology. So it, if your identity is your and your ideology are like woven together, there's not much room for wisdom. There's a lot of symbolism. And then with that comes a lot of fragility. And that's where, to me, where like conflict comes from. Yeah. People. Uh, and, and, and so, I, you know, that's why like there's no fixed answer. There's no set way to say, okay, well, this is what, this is what we should do about Confederate statues, or this is what we should do about racially insensitive names of sports teams. There's no playbook or rule book for it. So it takes leadership and humility and listening and a bunch of traits that are really discouraged in our country. Yeah. And, and the not, not being the expert far from it, but it's like, well, if people who have a lot of money change their mind, now we can change this stuff, you know, when Nike or whatever gets back. And, I, you know, that's part of the, the beauty, but also part of the shittiness. It's like, OK, unless you're a multimillionaire or billionaire, do you, you know, do you get people's attention? But also, yeah, that's if you're able to ex- have, a, have a level of trust and sell someone a product, be it a cheeseburger or a Tesla, um, people are going to listen to you a little bit more than the person who hasn't done shit. Um, mm-hmm. But that, you know, that third way it it's like it's like we all have by default when we're angry anyway or emotional we want we want you know if i can't win no one can win kind of thing you know if you can't have it i can't or if i can't have it no one can have it um but then you got a question is like well what do i really want am i trying to win do i want to what is it what is the phrase do i want to be right or do i want to you know be better or whatever the the thing is um you know and just being silly but i'm like you know what rather than get rid of things why don't we re 
rebrand them like instead like you you put a big l on all the confederate things like these are losers of united states history maybe not losers, but like these are the, this is the um you know we don't celebrate the losing team of the super bowl it's not like we erase them from history either but they don't get the the same yeah. level of attention um yeah. or you know the, the swastika is at the um the the new sign for waste management <laughs> you know for recycling like do we repurpose things like I think when yeah. we just try to take away or force, like everyone's always going to lose. But if, you know, it, it, instead of like, how do we recycle this stuff or re reharness these symbols? I think, I think people will do that. I mean, I don't know. Some things will not be recycled. Some things are not recyclable. Symbolism is hard to recycle because it gets so fixed in the, in the, you know, consciousness of, of the public. Um, I think I don't th see the thing about it is like if there are symbols that are um, um, like Confederate statues, getting rid of the statues doesn't get rid of the history. Um, it's such it's a specious argument. It's not there's, it's very flimsy that if you got rid of statues now, you know, it's like they got rid of all the symbol. It's illegal to have some Nazi. Like I said earlier, Nazi, yeah. the swastika Nazi um, Nazi yeah. related symbology in Germany and Austria. Well, it's not that they have forgotten history. The reason that they ban them is because they remember history. They remember that. And there is a, if you talk to Germans, there's a, that especially unless they're just wacky alt-right Germans, if you talk to Germans, um, and our neighbor lives from, from, is from Austria, but spent a lot of time in Germany, and she's the one, she's shared this with me as a, other friends that um, are Germans, and which is, there is an acknowledgement of shame, like a remorse for what happened. We don't have that here. Yeah. We don't have that here. And, and you could take the symbology of Mount Rushmore and someone will say, well, uh, you know, like this is a symbol of American, like, um, and they even use the, the, the white house feed for on Twitter, use the term manifest destiny, which is the most like race baiting thing. I think they've ever said that uh, like in the official feed, I mean, Trump said a bunch of, <laughs> you know, dog whistle, race language, yeah. race language, but, and, and it's that understanding. It's like, wait a minute. No, these are four white people carved into the side of a mountain that was sacred grounds to the Lakota uh, na natives. And that if we can't acknowledge that we practice genocide as a country, we're a country founded on genocide and slavery. Yeah. We have to acknowledge that that's real. And we have to acknowledge that, the people that we suppressed to get here are still negatively affected by it. Yeah. And that to me is how you start to transcend symbolism. You're like, no, okay, you can have your symbol, but we need to have a conversation about what's true and real. That well, and I think that's, that's what the symbols, it, it, it's like, it changes the focus. The, 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 we're focused on this thing when this thing is just a representation of the problem yeah, that we're not yeah. telling the truth. And, you know, what comes to mind as you're, you're sharing that, um, Chappelle, again, his show, he had a, a was it like a sports where people were like trading races, like, uh, or, uh, rate, yeah. rate, um, like Tiger Woods, is he black or is he yeah. Asian? Yeah. And they were, yeah. but it's like, maybe that's the third way of like, Hey, look, there's so, so much history that we feel is not acknowledged, not embraced, not taught in schools, et cetera. But then you want your, your flags, your this or whatever. Like, do we have, uh, um, some type of these are our table and every year we, we you, you know we negotiate like 
one of the things that came to mind as they were pulling things down, I was like, wasn't Harriet Tubman supposed to be on the $20 bill? You know, was it this year or last year? Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, okay, maybe say, hey, like, you know, negotiate, deal, deal with these things. But I think ultimately the big one, you know, we, we celebrate or, you know, it was publicly acknowledged by corporations, the whole Juneteenth thing, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's freaking huge. And we all want to wash away history and, 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 um, you know, people talk about erasing history. It's like, well, we don't acknowledge this stuff. That's exactly right. Yes. And that's the problem. And so, so instead we, you're defending these statues. Meanwhile, like, so it's like, you're not going to get it all, but if we can push and, and, and to some degree, like it's been painful, but like, here we are, you know, we have this horrendous year, this, un, uh, or mo- for most people are seeing it that way, but also all this good stuff comes out of it. Um, and so these symbols, I think are ultimately, they're, they're, they're ledges. They're not the destination. And, yes. you know, they're just representation of how we used to think. And we got to ask yourself, is that advancing our, 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 real values or is it actually holding us back and i think that's the thing is like embrace that we don't know the whole truth or or we do or like but that's the problem not the symbol isn't the the issue it's just a representation of the yes the the yeah Yeah. and symbolism is much more of a conversation stopper too unfortunately um and so this goes back to ultimately kind of the individual and i created this thing i posted i a snarky term of foster research i I call it the sensitivity spectrum. And on one end, it says, it says politically correct asshole. On the other end, it just says regular asshole. <laughs> In the middle, it says basic human decency. We are all capable of basic human decency. We are all capable of that. Even, even your, unless you are a true psychopath or sociopath, which is only a small, you know, one, one or something percent of the population, you are capable of understanding basic human decency. Basic human decency comes from compassion or empathy. And so I think there's an element like, okay, like I understand, like I can understand why I get why certain people want to hold on to certain symbols. I get it. But if you holding on to your symbol um, or you wanting to remove a symbol violates the rules of basic human decency, the law of basic human decency, I I can't support you. I can't support you because we can't violate that law. That's the law of compassion or the law of empathy. And um, again, we're missing, you know, all this is kind of what we we're talking about on a previous episode about content fatigue and the, that do, the dopamine business model, the dopamine business model that we all are, the, that we are all kind of immersed in does not really encourage a lot of thoughtfulness, a lot of like, Oh, let's see if I could take this side of what would it feel like to see this like patriotic celebration at Mount Rushmore. And I am a native American, especially a Lakota or uh, a Lakota Native American, mm-hmm. um, and that you know, I mean, it's 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 like it, it's not to me. It's just not that big a stretch to go. Ah, oh, that would that would that would feel horrible. Yeah, that would feel horrible to do that. Yeah, well, it, it's I. As we wrap here, I think it's. I had grandparents growing up, but I was very aware of all their flaws. Uh, my my mom's uh, parents were alcoholics. They they were loving, but they're alcoholics lots of kids lots of 
lots of jail time. <laughs> my dad's parent with multiple families his, his parents had, and it was, it was a different type of mess. But I think a lot of people don't grow up seeing all the flaws of their grandparents. Those of, you know, who are lucky enough have the wise old parent, you know, but to know the history that, Hey, your grandpa wasn't always your grandpa. And one time he was your dad's parent and maybe he didn't raise him as great as you've been with the grandpa. And also when he was a kid, like to know the full history, like that's, that's scary, you know? And, and I remember the first time I saw a teacher outside of, um, classroom it's like whoa they're a yeah. real person yeah. and what they don't live at the school yeah or, or i'll say something and there's a chance she might hear it but this morning my courtney said something about her mom it was kind of vulgar and i'm like i don't want to think of your mom that way and yeah. i think that's kind of like with history is that we we know there's stuff but let's pretend it didn't happen let's pretend that our kids don't procreate let's pretend that our parents don't procreate you know and it's ugly it's squishy um but if you if you really want to be um compassionate you got to acknowledge that there's some stuff that's hard to deal with um and and if you ignore it then that uh, ignorance that you i'll have to go back that because that was a good line i forget how you said it but being ignorant versus being you know just unaware is is a big difference right and i and i think um, my final thought on this is a part of our job as humans is to minimize minimize the amount of suffering that we and others have to experience. Sim- symbolism produces unnecessary suffering. It produces the unnecessary suffering of defending it, and it produces the unnecessary suffering of what that symbol means to someone else that's, that where it's a negative reaction. And so, um, and that that there's so much more room, like imagine the statement, a little, little mini rant about this. Imagine the statement that it would say to America as a whole, as an acknowledgement of our past, but the, the belief in our future and the belief in our underpinning of our nation, what makes us unique is to name the military bases after um, deceased war heroes, people of color. Just swap it out. Swap out Fort Bragg yeah. for a person of color that was killed and that was a hero. And there's plenty to choose from. There's plenty to choose from. Now what happens, and this is the thing, you know what transcends symbolism is a statement. It's a statement. And we're making a statement about state statement about where you where we stand on the matter. So when NASCAR got rid of the Confederate battle flag or banned it from being flown at the you know, and, and the military uh, is getting rid of the Confederate flag. It can't be on any sort of apparel or on any military vehicles. They're, what they're saying, what they're doing is instead of, instead of they're, they're making a statement and statements are different than symbolism. Statements are what makes America, America, that we can yeah. make a statement around something like that. And uh, I think that, is to me, I still believe, like like Martin Luther King Jr. talked about the um, that that the arc of um, this is paraphrasing, but the arc of uh, justice bends to the positive. Um, eventually, bends to the positive, and I think that the arc of progress, the arc of evolution, bends to this. And if you are personally enlightened, if you are personally self-aware, 
you doesn't mean you're not going to have symbols. It's just going to mean you're going to be less attached to them, which means you're going to be less, have less suffering, which means you're going to have more energy and time to give your attention to things that really matter. Yeah. And that's my point here is like, why are you wasting your time defending this symbol because of the insecurity that it produces in you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because that, that's the answer, or I think that's the, that's the short term answer because I'm insecure mm -hmm. and I don't know what to do yeah. about it. Yeah, yes. But yes, I'm insecure. And yeah. I don't know what to do. So, yes, exactly. But uh, if, we could get into that. Yeah. But that's the thing. If I can take if I can be still, if I can do those things and see what is the, the bigger thing here, you know, mm -hmm. like we were talking offline, I think about the there's a southern guy who is talking about the um, Trey Crowder comedian, mm -hmm. uh, liberal redneck was like, look, I do have proud in being Southern, but I also acknowledge it's complicated. And for yes. other people, you know, when I do this, I'm like, yeah, it's coming from a good place, but I can see other people, you know, and it's like, if you take that time, that's what really matters. But short term, it's just like, a, you know, we're, we're going to defend ourselves versus advance ourselves. So yes. awesome, man. Um, this will, Thanks. I think we'll come back to this one again in some way, but yeah, good probably. one today. As it uh, evolves. You got it.